Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters Podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fensky, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Elad Wallach, co-founder and CEO of AidDoc. Elad, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Hi, thanks for uh, having me, Sean. Great. So, uh, you know, let's let's start right at the beginning and, and, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about what AIDDOC is and, you know, what your focus area is. Yes. So, uh, thank you for the question. I would say the best way to think about us as, I would say, we're the imaging AI company, right? And as, as you know, in, in healthcare, a uh, vast majority of advanced treatments go through imaging, and there is so much untapped potential in the images, right? We're scanning patients, but we're, you know, patients delaying care uh, and becoming more and more acute. And the purpose of the AI is to really tap into the full potential of imaging. So what we, our solutions are basically, let's call them uh, an always-on safety net, like a layer on top mm -hmm. of the imaging in the hospital that we continuously mine the data and search for certain types of findings. Um, a lot of them very acute, like stroke or pulmonary embolism or brain bleed. And we then flag those patients for the care teams to make sure the patients get uh, the right care at the right time, um, help reduce time to treatment, um, and uh, make sure the patients get the right uh, diagnosis at the right time. Great. So your, so your solution uh, goes through uh, basically patient scans, patient uh, imaging uh, files, and, and looks at the reviews those. Um, do, you, do you set up partnerships or is, you know, how does the how does your system interface with the records that are captured? Yes, so it's it would take a layer in of its own, and when we go into a hospital, the first step is to integrate that. So they install our mm -hmm. component that then immediately kind of runs on top of all the images. So we don't need to have any sophisticated, you know, vendor specific integrations. It's something that is kind of uh, vendor agnostic and floating above, um, and then it mm -hmm. automatically works. Uh, and the beautiful thing is that you really don't need to think about it or activate it. Uh, the, the new generation of AI is completely running in the background and searching for things that you wouldn't think about, right? You don't want it to be reactive. You want AI to be proactive. So, for example, you're not even thinking that this uh, maybe outpatient uh, maybe he has uh, a pulmonary embolism, right? So 3% of oncological patients, roughly 3%, has pulmonary embolism, which is a very critical disease. However, mm -hmm. if, it's, if it's an oncology patient, it's typically not urgent, right? Those patients could wait hours, if not days, if coming over the weekend for diagnosis, right? So you have a patient coming in as an outpatient, nobody's suspecting a thing, and you have the AI running in the background, creative proactive action based on that. So the AI can pick up, hey, there is pulmonary embolism here. Somebody should take a look at that patient right away and make sure that we really cut down time to treatment and get create consistent quality of care. Wow. So it now now does it is it is it contingent on what the patient is being treated for? In other words, you know, let's say I get a scan for, you know, 
possibly a, a, a cracked rib or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, a, a broken bone of some sort. So I'm getting a scan or I'm getting, you know, a scan for one, one thing and then a completely diagnosis is, it could be detected if the right person looked at that image. Is, does your system detect even, you know, different uh, conditions completely? You know, let's say I had a tumor mass. Yeah. You know, would it detect that? You hit the nail on the head. I think that's exactly the potential for AI, right? If you know it's there, if you know you're searching for it, yes, there is value in that, definitely. But I think the real potential is finding those things that nobody suspects, nobody's thinking about. You don't want to actively choose and pick, you know, what are the suspicious diseases. So absolutely, AI can pick up essentially everything, not, not just what you're looking for. And that's where a big, big bulk of the value is. And actually those that people don't don't even think about. Wow, that's that's pretty remarkable in that, you know, it's it's you know, it might just be by chance a doctor may may see something on a scan, but as you said, if they're not looking for it, if they you know, if they're diagnosing a patient for one one problem and and you know, something else shows up, they may not even be looking in that area of the scan whereas an AI is going to look at it objectively and just scan the entire image and look for anything that looks abnormal. Yeah, and, you know, when I speak with hospital executives and they're all preparing for the post-COVID world, and essentially one of the things they're really anxious about is, is revenue, right? How do you bring patients in? How do you maintain them in the facility? And one of the things they don't think about oftentimes is they already have all the imaging done, and there is so much potential. Patients that are already coming in, and they're just missing out on the revenue opportunities on those patients. So if you could use some sort of AI to help you really capture the patient, give them the best care uh, and the care they deserve, but also be able to kind of keep the patients in system, I think that's where a lot of the potential for AI lies. Now, how, how, how does the system integrate in terms of, uh, you know, let's say a backlog? You know, if there's, if, if a, you know, obviously hospitals have, you know, imaging files, and they have all these scans already done, already yeah. sitting in their in their records. You know, they install your system today. Is does the system automatically start and analyzing and going through those back files? Yeah, that, that's a really good point. So I'll say two things. First of all, the our systems are basically an assistive tool. The the hero for all of this is the radiologist, right, is the physician that can now do more. The technology enables them to be better. And I'm saying all of that because um, oftentimes you don't want this to be disruptive to the workflow, right? So looking mm -hmm. back like a year before deployment is, is oftentimes very disruptive. So, yes, we absolutely do that, like you want to do a, and establish a baseline. But the big value or where you get really strong user adoption is in the prospective care. Like you want them to be using this on a day by day by day basis. Um, and mm -hmm. that's where the value lies. So yes, we can, yes, we can. And we do mine the older uh, resources, but uh, where to really make an impact, you have to do this live. Right. And I, and that was going to be, you, you touched on my, my next question, which was, you know, how much time does this, solution save for a radiologist, you know, when they're, when they've implemented or the hospitals implemented ADOC into their uh, infrastructure, you know, how much 
uh, time is a radiologist being saved, uh, you know, with with your system in place versus, say, a more traditional review? Yeah. So it really it really depends on the on the setting, right? But I will say that, for example, for outpatients, right? So I gave you this one example with pulmonary embolism for outpatients. Uh, there, the reduction can be massive. We're talking about like 75, 80% overall reduction. Uh, there is some research uh, based on that, which is pretty, pretty significant. For emergency settings, also there is a lot of value. Some sites reported, you know, 36% reduction, 40% reduction in time to diagnosis, which is essentially what you really care about, right? You want to churn those patients faster. And, uh, and that, I think, is the... That, I think, is the beautiful thing because one of the things we really realize over time, it's not about the image, right? It's about the, the imaging as part of the whole patient journey, right? You don't care about necessarily the time it takes you to read a CT. You much more care about, you know, the time it takes you to get to that patient, read the CT as part of their, let's say, ED workflow, right? And the fact that they're waiting in the ED to get the images back. And some sites, for example, Yale, reported that they actually saw, you know, a 10 to 15% reduction in all of their, for example, um, patients doing head CT time in the ED. It's not even about the imaging. So the imaging was reduced by, let's say, 30 to 35%, but the overall, which I think is what makes it very interesting. So it's not just about the image, but the location of imaging is part of the broader care journey. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. Wow. Yeah, no, I think I think so. It's not only impacting the imaging, but it's impacting the entire, you know, patient experience. And and you know, if it's reducing patient time being spent in uh, the ED, then certainly that's going to uh, over have an overall impact on the hospital. Um, so it it you know it it offers tremendous savings across the board. Um, yes. So now, you know, there's a there's a few elements at, at play here. So it's my next question is a little, uh, it, it, it doesn't, it's not cookie cutter fit, but, you know, when we're talking about accuracy of, you know, diagnosis and detection of, of a problem, you know, it seems as though, you know, if, if, again, going back to the fact that it could detect a tumor in a scan that was initially done for a cardiovascular reason. So at that, at, at that level, it seems like the accuracy level is, you know, significant, but, you know, yeah. in, in, you know, diagnosing a cardiovascular problem and, and looking at imaging that was done for a cardiovascular purpose, how does the accuracy of uh, ADOC compare to, you know, that of a, a radiologist, a human, a human being? Yeah. Uh, it, it's a really important question because, again, it all ties into how disruptive you are to the workflow. You want to make sure you don't bombard them with false positives while providing being mm -hmm. sensitive enough to provide value. I would say the average accuracy, obviously it highly varies, but we're talking about like uh, high 90s, you know, 95 to 97% um, on average in terms of accuracy, which is roughly as good, I would say, as a, as a subspecialized radiologist, depends obviously on whom. Um, however, there are two things I want to mention. First of all, I don't want people to think that, you know, even though it can be as accurate in some diseases, it's not as accurate 
in general, right? You must, you still must have the human to aggregate all of this information. AI is much right. better detecting at one specific thing, but humans are much better at looking at the broader picture, right? And therefore, the real question is, is not about the accuracy versus a radiologist, but radiologist plus AI compared to radiologists without AI. And there is where we see, you know, really the big impact on how AI can right. make them, you know, extremely more um, higher quality. Yeah, it's that, that coupling. It's, it's, it's I, I guess, comparing it to another medical, you know, uh, term, it's, it's almost like a triage for a radiologist. It, it, it exactly is, yes. That's actually the, the exact uh, classification. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that that's that's fantastic. Um, so and and you know, you know, you, you're looking at you know, you you mentioned the the accuracy rating. I would imagine that in terms of you know you know radiologists who's maybe newly you know newly into a a hospital system or you know he he's gone through his internship, he's gone through his residency, you know, but he's he's relatively new in terms of, you know, experience versus some of his colleagues, um, I would imagine this is a significant uh, uh, aid to someone like that. Again, it's important for that person to be there, but it almost seems like it would help with a bit of a training as in, you know, if, they, if they're seeing a scan after scan that's getting flagged and they're learning at the same time what to look for in a scan and why it's why the system is flagging something you know obviously they may want to speak to a colleague a more experienced radiologist but is this system able to be used as a training component or as an educational tool in the medical school um does it work in that environment as well yeah absolutely i think a lot of especially of our early customers been you know the the big academic hospitals and absolutely, it's been, it's been a factor in their decision-making uh, for two reasons, right? One of them is just helping, you know, help them flag cases that are of interest and help increase accuracy, but also because they all believe that the, the radiologist of the future is one really versed with AI. So, like, how do you interact with the system? Uh, and one of the most interesting things or uses of AI is, is actually running retrospectively, uh, you've mentioned this at the beginning, right? Like, what do you do with the existing database? But for mm -hmm. educational purposes. So, like, one big practice, what they did was actually very cool. They ran our AI backwards um, across all of their, you know, all of their imaging, like, for a year back. And they've identified, um, I think it was about 5% of cases uh, with brain bleeds that were missed, Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then you get all those cases mm -hmm. and you can really start seeing patterns of even experienced radiologists, by the way, where are common misses? Like, is there something we should do, change interpretation process, change in the type of specialty to read them to help increase accuracy? And there are really interesting conclusions you can make this way. Um, I almost didn't realize that, but if you, if you really think about it, how do you know how accurate the radiologist is, right? The, right. the, the way to measure that would be, let me take whatever, 10,000 studies and reread them by another radiologist. 
but that's extremely expensive, right? Like you would need to go over 10,000 cases that have already been read by one radiologist and read them with another one to identify potential misses. Um, right. And, and that's very, very expensive. With AI, you can do this at massive scale. And this is why like a lot of we, our partners did like 50, 60 of those studies because the idea was really to identify if there are any patterns that are missed um, and that the radiologists continuously miss uh, by running the AI retrospectively. And that I think is really an interesting use case. So absolutely education is a big component of where AI can help. Yeah, that would be that would be a, I think you said that was at a at a large practice. Um I would think that would certainly be of use uh to to happen at a learning hospital or a you know, university based hospital where they have, you know, students um and yeah. you know, interns, you know, on on staff and, and you know yeah. who could really benefit from that. Um no, absolutely. So, I mean, that, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's obviously a fantastic system, and, and you know, uh, I, I look forward to hearing more about it. But let's get a little taste of, you know, what you see as, as what's ahead for AIDDOC, for the company, for this system. You know, what's, what's on the horizon? So I'll start by talking about an interesting um, evolution for, for the space. Um, and imaging AI is one of the most mature AI spaces out there um, and has been really evolving. We, you know, us specifically, we only hit the market at 2019, right? So it's like a, a few years ago. Um, and the system is already being adopted by, by a significant portion of hospitals and practices in the U.S. Uh, and I think we're reaching like a really critical mass in the market. So first of all, I'm just super excited that AI is evolving so rapidly. Um, I don't think mm -hmm. there have been a lot of spaces where we've seen that rapid of a growth. Uh, and I think that's, you know, just uh, exciting to be part of that. But I also think it's kind of the, the first stepping stone for making our hospitals smarter, right? Um, when you think about the hospitals today, information is very siloed. Um, and that, I think, is one of the biggest, the biggest problems that you have all the different departments doing their own thing. Um, patients fall in between the cracks, unfortunately, because of that. And the real potential mm -hmm. of AI is really connecting the dots between them. And what I'm excited is that imaging AI is essentially the first stepping stone, I think, is probably right now the most mature AI field running in hospitals at a pretty wide margin. And it gives us the opportunity to become this first use case that will then expand across the enterprise of being this tool that connects the dots across the enterprise. So what I'm basically saying is that I think imaging AI is going uh, to be the first uh, that would then evolve into a full-fledged uh, enterprise-wide clinical AI platform, not just an imaging, but I think imaging AI companies are just the most mature right now, which gives it, um, which gives it a very natural opportunity to evolve that way. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a great way to, to view it and – and you know it's 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 interesting because you know un, un, unfortunately if you're getting a, a medical scan chances are there's already something wrong so it's it, it's you know it's it's additional bad news for the patient when when you know a doc discovers something else but at the same time you hope that with a system like this in place it's discovered early enough and and just by chance because they had gotten a scan for something else 
that it can be treated, whatever it is, you know, whether it's cardiovascular or, you know, oncology or what, you know, whatever it's tied to, you hope that with the scans and, and the ability to analyze these scans, that anything your system finds, it's able to be identified and treated much earlier than it may have been, you know, otherwise. Perhaps it, it you know, it ultimately kills the patient um, because it's never even detected. Exactly. Imaging is is in the fulcrum of care, right? Uh, is most advanced treatments go through imaging. So if you have something intelligent running there, um, it can really span across the enterprise. Um, and I think that's what you know makes makes me excited is is indeed connecting, as you mentioned, connecting the dots, is detecting this cardiovascular patients or oncological patients, you know, faster getting in the hands of the right physician, just making sure. Uh, we streamline care. Um, and again, I think that starting from imaging is, is the right way to go for most health systems. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate all the, uh, the, the insights and information. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. I'd like to thank my guest, Elad Wallach, co-founder and CEO of AidDoc. And as always, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. So until next time, this has been Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO, saying thanks for listening.